politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. All right, breaking news. The Supreme Court of the United States has dumped Biden's vaccine mandate for private employers. Just great news. Big win for liberty. Big win for private enterprise. Big loss for Biden and a week of really bad losses. Good afternoon. Welcome to the podcast. Hope you are having a great day today. I want to go right over to the White House. Press Secretary Jen Psaki about to take questions on this. Are finding um, quality coverage for less than ten dollars a month. Obviously, as you can imagine, a, a huge defeat for them. They're all cl- flustered because they really thought, I guess, the courts were going to agree with this, which I never thought that the courts were. Now, the courts did say that the private employer—I'm sorry—the healthcare mandate can stay for now, but the private employer mandate, which is what everybody cares about, that has been struck down. At least it's been put on hold, and it's not going to ever become. Here we go. Give us that reaction to the Supreme Court opinions. And uh, on the substance of the matter there, uh, how uh, how much of a blow is this to the administration's plan, pandemic response? It's a huge plan, blow. Uh, that the employer mandate part of the test, your testing. It's a blow to their political win, I can uh, tell you that. Halted, and how will that affect the course of the pandemic? Sure. Uh, well, I know there'll be a pre- the statement from the president that should be coming into your inboxes any moment now. Um, but let me uh, he's let gotta, give you a quick reaction. He's got to find out what happens first. Good news. Uh, news that maybe isn't getting enough attention yet. That's our jobs here, or my job here, I should say. Uh, CMS's requirement for healthcare workers to be vaccinated will save the lives of patients as well as the lives of doctors, nurses, and others uh, who work in healthcare settings. It will cover 17. This is called clutching at straws. That the the Supreme company that places that take Medicare reimbursements and Medicaid reimbursements will have to have the vaccine mandate. This is the clutching at straws. Nobody thought this was particularly controversial. It was always the private employer mandate that everybody was talking about. So this is the White House spinning right now. And whether their businesses will be safe for consumers. Uh, So President Biden, you'll see this in his statement, uh, will be calling on and will continue to call on businesses to immediately join those those who have already stepped up, including one-third of Fortune 100 companies uh, to institute vaccination requirements to protect their workers, customers, and communities. We have to keep working together uh, in order uh, to uh, get this done to save more lives. Um, I would note that there are a couple of... um, um, sign good signs in terms of uh, without this um even in, even in spite of the ruling that we would point to. One is that 57%, according to a Navigator poll of Americans, support vaccine requirements. Uh, according to a Wills Tower Watson's report, a survey of 534 U.S. employers, a majority, 57% of respondents have or will require their employees to get vaccinated against COVID-19. Why? Uh, because nearly, uh, because employees want to feel safe in the workplace, uh, because they want to incentivize workers to come back to the workplace and because they've seen uh, large companies across the country implement this and see you how see, effective it is. If, it, if it's so popular, what do you need a mandate for? He's going to announce next week that this government's going to be making free high quality and fives available to Americans. There's the new testing website, which is launching next website. Why is it, you know, middle of January right now when a million Americans are testing positive for COVID a day, roughly? Because it's a failure. Administration's a failure. Why is the president taking these steps now? Why didn't he take these three months ago? Well, let me let me first say that uh, what the president, what we've been working to implement is building on the steps we've taken over the last 
six months and more. Remember when the president took office, there were zero or one uh, approved testing, at-home testing uh, option on the market. Now there are nine. We needed to expand the market capacity. The president used the Defense Production Act, $3 billion invested to expand that market. The reason he was able to announce the purchase... So he's going to send all these an additional N95 masks, which is basically an acknowledgement that the mask you're using right now don't work. It doesn't work. So what, what, what's the point of having all these mask mandates and requirements if they're acknowledging the mask you have does not work? The, the comparison, right now we're doing almost 12 million tests a day in this country. We were doing under 2 million tests a day a year ago. There's about 300 million tests that are happening in this country every single day, in part because there's 20,000 sites. Boy, they are, they are definitely sites. flustered. You can tell she's off her game, too. Jen Psaki's usually better than this. She's rattled by how bad this is going. Totally rattled. on that and make sure that that capacity and, and need and we're meeting the unprecedented demand for tests. But the these are steps the president's taking now because there's a net need. He, presumably, he could have done the exact same thing three months ago when you know, maybe it would be in effect now when the need is obviously Bingo. greater than, 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 than the system has Because to they are in... Well, Competent. I would say, Zeke, that, again, because of the steps we've taken, we're able to, uh, there's 300 million tests that are happening in this country every single month, and that is enormous progress. We're not starting from zero. That is my point. So this is building on that. But in terms of the number of tests available on the market and the expansion of the market, remember a number of them were. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Where'd she go? Oh, no, no. Oh, is it over? Is that why? Oh, hang on a second. Well, I think you get the gist of it. I just want to see if Peter Ducey said anything, because, you know, the deuce sometimes has some good comments. Let's see. Let's see. Hang on here. Let's see if I can get the deuce. If I can find Peter Ducey. Well, I think you get the point. The right. The, this is a big loss for the administration, obviously. It's a big loss for them, and uh, they're trying to spin their way out of it. The other big loss was on Capitol Hill today, where the Democrats officially killed, Kirsten Cinema officially killed the 60-vote threshold or I should say the filibuster, uh, the, the death of the filibuster. She killed the death of the filibuster. Let me say it that way. This is a little bit of Kirsten Sinema. This is breaking news. Just happened a few moments ago. You see, this is why you need this Mr. podcast. President. The senator from Arizona. Thank you. I rise. Just for the record, that was Cory Booker. And even when he's just doing the ceremonial duty of acting as the Senate president, he cannot help himself from grandstanding. Do you notice that? Count Grandstangela and the spark. The senator from Arizona. He just cannot help himself. At every moment, he's got a grandstand. Mr. President. The senator from Arizona. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so let's go back to uh, Biden a few moments ago at the White House, or I should say at the Congress, uh, the Capitol building, randomly just yelling at people, randomly just shouting. Uh, why not, you know? You all ask questions about complicated subjects like, can you get this done? I hope we can get this done. How the dare you? The answer is, I don't know whether we can get How this done. How dare you ask these complicated questions, you reporters, you? Huh? With your snarky little complicated questions about things like, can we get things done? Huh? Huh? It's done. Is this mic on? I guess, anyway. Is this thing on? And, uh, and oh, I'm not sure either. But anyway, I hope we can get this done. But I'm not sure. But one thing for certain. Can we, is this mic? One thing for certain. Like every other major civil rights bill that came along, if we missed the first time, we could come back and try it a second time. We missed this time. We missed this time. And the state legislative bodies continue to change the law, not as to who can vote, but who gets to count the vote. Count the vote. Count the vote. 
Got it? It's about election subversion. Yeah. Not just whether or not people get to vote. Who counts the vote? That's what this is about. That's what makes this so different than anything else we've ever done. I don't know that we can get it done, but I know one thing. As long as I have a breath in me, as long as I'm in the White House, as long as I'm engaged at all, I'm going to be fighting to change the way these legislatures have moving. Thank you. President Biden there uh, after a meeting with uh, senators uh, trying to get this uh, voting rights. Ah, is this thing on? You people, you people better get over here, huh? Huh? Boy, he's angry, huh? Don't you love how angry he is? I mean, I think it's fantastic. I really do. I just think it's fantastic how angry he gets. He's just so mad. He's so mad. Uh, he also um, couldn't announce the couldn't pronounce the guy who's leading his testing program. That was also fun today. I think that was great. Here we go. Take a listen to the president today with that. And to help uh, lead our federal testing program, I've talked. I've, 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 ta- I've excuse me. I've tapped uh, Dr. Tom. Eng- I hope I pronounce Inglesby. Correct? Is that right, Jeff? Is that, is that is that him? Huh? Is that is that that? So this is a bad day for the administration. This is a huge, huge loss for them. And obviously, there's a lot of audio coming in. Uh, we'll have a lot tomorrow on the show for you. But I, I just wanted to bring you kind of the latest on this. I mean, they lost today on the filibuster is going to stand. Uh, Jen Psaki still calling it racist, of course. But um, you know, I mean, this is a huge, huge loss for the administration. That's why. That's why angry man is yelling over there. That's why he's yelling. Ah! Ah! Now, now, Pelosi was not happy with the president's comparison to Bull Connor yesterday, the speech in Georgia, when he said that if you don't agree with him on the ma- mandate, that you're like Bull Connor. She had some issues with that today. Well, I stand with the president. I think that I, I thought his speech was wonderful, and I stand with him in the fight for voting rights. Uh, I No criticism of Mr. Durbin. He has to do what he has to do, and he's it is his own members and the rest. The only criticism I would make, too, I wouldn't say they're criticisms, but observations. Nobody knows who Bull Connor is. And if we're making the case <laughs> to say we're going to be with uh, Martin Luther King or Bull Connor, who's that? We'll be with Martin Luther King or the peak Martin Luther King and John Lewis. It's Nancy Pelosi's speech the coach. Who unleashed the fierce dogs on them. That's who Bull Connor is. Strom Thurmond. None of us have a lot of happy memories about Trump. I mean, she knows all these people because she's a thousand billion years old. But of the president's speech, uh, I, I thought it was fabulous. I come out. I loved it, but uh, why didn't he use Vlad the Impaler as his uh, as his so I thank him for it and I stand with the president but he should have used people that people know like uh, besides me Uh, what a bad what a bad week for the administration what a bad week by the way on the health care mandate with the Supreme Court saying that can go forward uh, Roberts and Kavanaugh reaching across the aisle and joining with the liberals Roberts and Kavanaugh now, I'm not particularly surprised about anything John Roberts does. I think John Roberts is an absolute disgrace as a Supreme Court justice. I think if Roe v. Wade does survive, it'll only be because of John Roberts, not because of law. And I think that uh, Brett Kavanaugh, I always had my doubts. I don't want to give up on the guy completely, but I'm nervous. 
I'm very nervous about it. And I'm, I'm certainly concerned that it's going to be a situation where we're going to see more from Brett Kavanaugh that disappoints us in the future. So I hope that's not the case. I really do. I hope it's not the case because I don't want to live in a country where conservative Supreme Court justices decide to sign with the left because they're worried about the implications of their rulings. I want a country that Supreme Court justices decide on the Constitution, period. And there's nothing in Roe v. Wade that is constitutional whatsoever. Uh, despite that, though, Phil Murphy, the king, King Philip the Unaccountable in New Jersey, signed a law today protecting abortion rights in New Jersey, regardless of the SCOTUS Roe v. Wade decision. And this is why people need to realize that if the Supreme Court does come out and shoot down Roe v. Wade, blue states like this and this idiot, they're going to all pass laws that codify Roe. So, you know, the Democrats are going to run on this whole thing of, oh, my gosh, you know, abortion is going to be destroyed by the Supreme Court. But the reality is what you're going to see happen is exactly what happened in New Jersey today, where blue state governors come out and they go and they 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 defend it. And that's what that's what you're going to see. Uh, Jen Psaki wants to, again, continue with the lie that the GOP voting laws are a systemic effort to dismantle democracy. They, of course, are not. And the reality of the situation is that Jen Psaki is perpetuating the gigantic lie. We know that the Republicans are pushing back. Finally, Mitch McConnell today wrote an op-ed and he's pushing back on what I think are some of the biggest lies being said. He said today in his op-ed, he said, don't believe the Democrats big lie about Jim Crow 2.0. He said, Washington Democrats have desperately wanted to take over our elections for years, even though their justification seems to change every election cycle. After losing the White House in 2016, they said the takeover was necessary because our democracy was fundamentally broken. Now that they've won the White House, their story has flipped. Our democracy is in perfect shape, except when Republican-controlled states dare to pass mainstream voting laws. Across the left, he says, partisan operatives are breathlessly repeating newly minted talking points to justify this political pivot. They claim that whenever a state adjusts early voting procedures or implements voter ID requirements, it somehow amounts to Jim Crow 2.0. These claims insult the intelligence of Kentucky voters and are nothing more than a big lie meant to undermine faith in our democratic process. Our democracy is not, in fact, in crisis, he writes. And he says, now, Republican states... In many of the Republican-led states where Democrats claim Jim Crow 2.0 is out in force, like Mississippi, Tennessee, and Missouri, black voter turnout routinely outpaces white voter turnout. These are signs of a healthy democracy, not one on its deathbed. By the way, I will say the Democrat Party is a relic of Jim Crow. McConnell didn't write that. I'm saying that. The Democrat Party is a relic of Jim Crow. Who do you think put in all the Jim Crow laws? Democrats. Washington Democrats are using their big lie to justify all sorts of insane proposals, McConnell writes. In the Senate, they promised to abolish a legislative filibuster, claiming that destroying our institution is the only way to restore it. And uh, he points out that Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer once said nuking filibuster rules would be doomsday for democracy. President Joe Biden said tearing up the filibuster would throw the entire Congress into chaos. But what are their goals, of course? Washington Democrats want to force all 50 states to legalize corrupt ballot harvesting, giving political organizers the ability to handle ballots. A responsibility generally reserved for nonpartisan election overseers. They want to require taxpayers to subsidize the political campaigns of individuals with whom they vehemently disagree. They would hand Attorney General Merrick Garland unprecedented powers to micromanage every state's election laws, giving the Department of Justice veto power over state legislators. Some of the Democrats' proposals, like same-day voter registration and no-excuse absentee voting, are so unpopular, they were even rejected in liberal New York three months ago. 
The proposals have nothing to do with the 2020 election, the 2016 election, or any other farce Washington Democrats have invented to justify their takeover. This is not about bolstering faith in our democracy or restoring our institutions. It's just the opposite. These bills are bald-faced attempt by liberals to rig our electoral system in their favor. Don't believe the big lie about Jim Crow 2.0 or any other nonsense. Well, good for McConnell for saying all this. It needs to be said. Good for him. The truth of the matter is that the other part of this, which I've said routinely, which is that Democrats want to also make D.C. the 51st state, get those extra two senators and run roughshod over things. That is also part of their grand plan. Make no mistake about it. That is something they are not going to give up on. They may not accomplish it now. That's the good news. They may not accomplish it. Iran has a video now up. It's, this is also kind of breaking news. It's a very busy day today. Uh, depicting a drone strike killing President Trump and former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Jen Psaki was asked a short time ago about the video and refused to condemn it. I have a question about a video that Iran's Supreme Leader posted on his website um, that appears to show a robot uh, conducting a drone strike killing the former president at his Mar-a-Lago golf club. Is the intelligence community assessing this threat and working with former President Trump um, to offer protection of any kind? I'm not going to speak to the work of our intelligence community. Obviously, uh, the uh, the kind of uh, rhetoric or video uh, from the Supreme Leader is something that uh, we've seen, um, you know, offensive uh, offensive rhetoric and behavior in the past. Um, but I'm not going to speak to more specifics of internal discussion. Yeah, I'm not going to condemn the video because we kind of agree with it. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, asked if Biden's national security team uncovered any evidence of any impropriety of any kind or severity on the part of President Trump and his interactions with President Putin. Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor, who spoke before the White House Press Secretary spoke today. Did your review uncover any evidence of any impropriety of any kind or severity on the part of President Trump in his interactions with President Putin? Uh, on that question, I've got nothing for you. Okay. I got nothing. I got nothing. We should probably do another massive investigation, though. Why not? Spend another $60 million of people's money. Why not? Huh? How about you and your complicated Mr. questions? President, huh? Mr. Bo, Mr. President, I can't get enough of this. First of all, you all ask questions about complicated subjects like, can you get this done? Why can't you I ask me? I got questions. What's for lunch? And uh, who's making the nuggets today? Because if it's that woman, Jane, I'm not eating them. She burns them. I've said this before. These are complicated questions. Why don't you ask me what the soup is? I know that. The honest to God answer is, I don't know whether we can I don't know time. because I'm a terrible leader. On? I guess. This anyway. thing on? This thing on? I'll be here all week. Huh? Try the veal. It's the best in the nursing home. So this is such a bad week for them. I almost feel sorry for them. I don't feel sorry for them. I really don't. But I kind of feel sorry for them. So the employer vaccine mandate is dead. It dead. Good. Not fantastic. It's not because I'm anti-vaccine, quite the opposite. It's just a matter of simply I'm anti-mandates and mandates are terrible. Mandating anything like this is uh, is a terrible idea. Now, the vaccine mandate for healthcare workers is a completely different scenario. But again, we have Roberts and Kavanaugh reaching across with the left is the reason why that is going to survive today. And so you can thank them for that. I would say, though, that that was never really the big question the big issue 
a lot of healthcare facilities were implementing it already and a lot of states were doing it. But the private employer mandate was such an, a broad overreach from the federal government. It was such a reach. Don't get me wrong, I don't support either, but that was the one that scared me because if the, if the administration could come out and just make up this dumb rule that has no basis in justification of constitutionality or even law for that matter, and that could stand and force private employers on the basis of keeping their employees safe to force their employees to undertake a medical procedure, that would have just, it would create such a dangerous precedent for our country. Now, I have not had the ability to read, uh, and I don't know if there even was much of a decision other than the court just putting a stay on it as other challenges work its way through. The issue is not dead yet, completely dead, but it's, but it's dead. I mean, it's dead. It really is. It's, it's dead. Just, just, like, just like how this administration is killing the economy right now. This is a report from Pennsylvania of, uh, of empty shelves. Now, maybe you've seen this in stores by you. Maybe you've seen this. This is from a local report here. For some, weaving through grocery aisles was once an easy task. Just run in, grab, and go. But the sight of empty shelves is making shopping trips more difficult for customers. We have nothing. Can't find things I want can't find the regular things I was able to find before. Sherry Bate, a York resident, says she's noticed everyday necessities like milk, bread, and canned soups have been missing from stores at Carnes. Cat food is no longer in stock. How does that make you feel? Like I live in a foreign country. Like I, you know, live in the Soviet Union and we are having everything rationed out. Yeah, I mean, that's how a lot of people are feeling right now. And it's incredibly frustrating, don't you think, all across the board? It's incredibly frustrating for people. This, I mean, this is such a failure in this administration right now. It is such an absolute failure. But, I, but the truth of the matter is, is that it, the, the testing issue is still a real problem for a lot of Americans right now. Americans who have to get a test to see family and loved ones have to travel, have to go to work. This is a real problem for them. Where are these tests? When are we going to get them? When are we going to get them? That's the question. You give a rough ballpark on when that 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 second half billion might not yet we we may be able to as as we kind of proceed in the process as we have done with the first 500 million but i don't have a specific update yet at this point in time just a a status update on the first 500 million and obviously when we uh make uh, when we conclude this phase we'll move to the next 500 million yeah well we'll move to the next 500 million obviously don't you think isn't it kind of strange to you that in the midst of all this, we are right now, as we're speaking, doing all this with testing and masking and everything else. Doesn't it seem strange that we're doing all these things for a variant that is now, this story came out today, the CDC study, 91% less deaths than with Delta. And, and I don't know, doctors and nurses, COVID positive are going to work. The CDC's changed this isolation period. They're, they're, they're stockpiling tests and masks and everything like this. I just wonder if there's something else that we don't know. Because again, since we know this virus came from a lab and it doesn't behave like it does in nature, is there something else we don't know in the world right now? That's what makes me nervous. And I think it should make a lot of people nervous, don't you think? Because we can't trust China. We can't trust the administration to stand up to China. That's for sure. Let's cut through the BS. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. All right, so... Uh, by the way, I've got to cut this podcast a little short today because uh, my sister-in-law is in from Maui with my niece, and i got to go make them some wood-fired pizza. And no, I will not be putting pineapple on it. I don't care what these Hawaiians... Well, they're Americans, obviously, my sister, but I'm saying... I don't know what these people from Hawaii think. Still not putting pineapple on it. No chance. They do weird things out there, too, like barbecue chicken pizza. And don't tell me, Rich, it's good. 
don't want to hear it. Barbecue chicken, pizza, two wonderful foods. Should not go together, okay? Should not go together in the same room, ever. Not in any chance, I'm just saying. It's very important. Uh, what else can I tell you about today? I mean, what, did, what an amazing day, right? The Supreme Court shoots down the president's private employer mandate. Uh, the filibuster is saved by Senator Kirsten Cinema. She saves it. I started to give a little bit of what she was saying before, but I got distracted by Count Grantstangela Spartacus Booker. But I do think it's important to hear what she had to say on the filibuster. I do think it's important to know what she said because Senator Kirsten Cinema is right now, I mean, what can I say? Thank God she's there. Thank God she's in the Senate. Could you imagine right now if Senator Kirsten Sinema and Senator Joe Manchin were not there and two other Democrats were? We could be talking about an entirely different scenario right now with Democrats running roughshod everything. So I do think it's important to hear a little bit about what she said today when she said she was going to make sure that we preserve the filibuster. And while I continue to support these bills, I will not support separate actions that worsen the underlying disease of division infecting our country. The debate over the Senate 60 vote threshold shines a light on our broader challenges. There's no need for me to restate my long-standing support for the 60 vote threshold to pass legislation. And there's no need for me to restate its role protecting our country from wild reversals in federal policy. It is a view I've held during my years serving in both the U.S. House and the Senate. And it is the view I continue to hold. It is the belief that I have shared many times in public settings and in private settings. Senators of both parties have offered ideas, including some that would earn my support, to make this body more productive, more deliberative, more responsive to Americans' needs, and a place of genuine debate about our country's pressing issues. And while this week's harried discussions about Senate rules are but a poor substitute for what I believe could have and should have been a thoughtful public debate at any time over the past year. Such a discussion is still a worthy goal. But a discussion of rules falls short of what is required. American politics are cyclical. And the granting of power in Washington, D.C. is exchanged regularly by the voters from one party to another. This shift of power back and forth means the Senate 60s vote threshold has proved maddening to members of both political parties in recent years, viewed either as a weapon of obstruction or a safety net to save the country from radical policies, depending on whether you serve in the majority or the minority. But what is the legislative filibuster other than a tool that requires new federal policy to be broadly supported by senators representing a broader cross-section of Americans? A guardrail, inevitably viewed as an obstacle by whoever holds the Senate majority, but which in reality ensures that millions of Americans represented by the minority party have a voice in the process. Uh, millions of Americans represented by the minority party, have a voice in the process. What a racist. You're just basically advocating for Jim Crow, Senator Kirsten Cinema. Don't you understand? Don't you see it? You are basically Jim Crow, Senator. Uh, I'll tell you what. It, it's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I agree with everything she said. The only thing I'll say to you is that this was already said. 
This was already said by all of these people, <laughs> by Democrats over the years. You know what I mean? This was said by Democrats for years, years and years and years. Nothing's changed about this. This is what Chuck Schumer has said. This is what President Joe Biden has said. Nothing has changed. And so let me point out the point that I think everybody is making is that these Democrats are completely and utterly hypocrites. There's, there's no other way to put it. These are, these are absolutely hypocrites. So, you know, what I can tell you is uh, there's no doubt in my mind that people have seen, and I think people see through it, this was a bad week for a president standing there and yelling at everybody, yelling at everybody and calling them racist and everything else. I think this was a really bad day, bad week. And with today's decision by the Supreme Court and with the fact that Senator Kirsten Cinema has stood up and preserved the filibuster, does it get any worse? I mean, does it get worse for Joe Biden? No, it doesn't. It doesn't get worse. for him. And that's why when you start hearing things like, well, Hillary Clinton might run. Hillary Clinton might run. Is it that crazy? Is it that nuts to think that maybe they will have Hillary Clinton run? I don't know. At this point, what I do know is that Kamala Harris is angry. Kamala Harris is very, very angry right now. She blames everybody. She feel, There was an article today that I read where they said, is Kamala Harris being set up by people to fail, set up to fail? And I've always told you, I think the answer to this is yes. The answer to this is yes, because uh, ever since that debate with Joe Biden, when she called him a racist, remember that whole thing on the stage? Do you remember all that? All right, so reaction all across the board, as you can imagine, bashing Joe Biden for his comments today on Capitol Hill, uh, laughing at Joe Biden that his big signature vaccine mandate was shot down. Look, I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, and I really do believe this. Joe Biden never believed. The White House, well, who knows what Joe Biden believes? He probably believes in unicorns. The White House never really believed the vaccine mandate was going to stand. This was, excuse me, always, as I've said to you, this was always about dividing America to argue about vaccine mandates. That's what this was always about. This is a party. This is a president. This is a White House that that loves division. Why do you think he's calling everybody Bull Connor, even though nobody knows who that is? We don't know who uh, Vlad, use, use Vlad the Impaler or uh, somebody more uh, famous than that. This, is, this was never, ever going to last, ever. But they... And I guess maybe they thought clutching at straws that the virus was going to be so bad and they were so incompetent. Maybe it's the reason why they didn't have tests. Does anybody think about that? Why we didn't have all the tests and the masks? Why are we doing masks now? If the virus was so deadly and so bad, why weren't all these things done back in the fall? Does anybody talk about that? Does anybody bring that up and say, hey, do you think that maybe deep down inside they knew that if the virus got better, their chances of a vaccine mandate would cease to exist? I'm just, I'm just pointing that out and saying that, and I'm not accusing them of anything other than incompetence. Don't get me wrong. But clearly... If the virus goes away, his mandate also goes away. Although with the Constitution in place, luckily, his mandate also goes away. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So that's a good thing. Uh, would you like to hear some cancel culture? I just want to close with this here. This is cancel culture at its uh, finest here. The left today stands for always backing big pharmaceutical companies. Big pharma. The left will be the first to defend them. The left will be the first to come out and defend government government law enforcement agencies, federal. The left will be the first ones to come out, defend the FBI against those awful allegations that maybe they might have had informants in the crowd on January 6th. The left will be the first ones to tell you, yell at you, scream at you, to put a mask on. The left will be the first ones to tell you that you need to, against your will, inject your body with something, whether you want to or not. 
which I guess would be, would be against your will. The left is the first one to say, respect authority, do what you're told, listen to the people in charge. Very far cry from what the left used to be. And now the left is all about, and they, and they have been, all about cancel culture, canceling people with whom they disagree with. Now they want Joe Rogan gone. Now they want Joe Rogan gone because Joe Rogan spreads misinformation. I don't know who the truthy commission is that decides what's information and what's not information. I don't think anyone does. But the left does. The left decides whatever they believe is truth. So if you disagree with them on anything, that's not truth, and therefore it should be banned. If you have a different opinion of them on something with climate change or anything like that, nope, you're anti-science, therefore your opinions should be bad because your opinions now will hurt people. Will hurt people. They believe this. So here's Jessica Malati Rivera saying that Joe Rogan needs to go. You know, I think at the very minimum, it would be warning signs and banners that would be issued on particular episodes or on shows. In She's an infectious disease epidemiologist. Kind of, uh, repeated offenders of that, uh, you know, of that infringement on that policy. It would be directing people to credible sources like the CDC or WHO um, on vaccine related information um, or other sources of evidence. Since there seems to be just a lot, ton of speculation that ends up happening on these shows um, and people take it as an fallible people take it as somehow the other side of science when really uh there's a ton of consensus here to prove that what's that what that information is is actually incorrect so, at the so you see now i I, I, can't, I keep going back to this with uh the show dope sick and which is on hulu and i'm not being paid to advertise it i'm just saying although i was at one point but i'm not anymore but i'm just saying that the whole notion of the fda the scientific community backing the idea that oxycontin was not addictive that was that was Science, that was the overwhelming consensus of experts at one time. The consensus of experts changes, and the purpose of science is to challenge experts and to push back and to offer different opinions. That used to be the way it was. Not anymore. Now it's if we've decided we know what the end, and if you push back, we'll have to put, we'll put labels and disclaimers across the screen to say what you're saying is all BS and redirecting you to the government sites where the information we've decided on is what you'll see. So again, this is a classic example of a modern-day leftist who wants anyone saying anything other than what she believes to be redirected to the government truth agencies to set them straight. This is the modern-day left. These people are tyrannical. You realize this, right? I mean, this is, this is, these are tyrants. These are awful tyrants who believe in big government and power, and they would absolutely have the government come in and kick your door in and take you away for, for just believing something different than they believe, for the, for, for the greater good. Moment would be banners and warnings. Yeah, and and Joe Rogan uh, so significant here because it's the most listened to podcast in the world. Uh, millions of people listen to each episode. Have you heard anything quickly from uh, Spotify? You know, what about those millions of people that listen? Why do you treat them like children who can't make up their own minds? Again, because the mindset of the left is that's exactly what you are. Without experts, without government, without bureaucrats, you are a child, and left to your own devices, you'll hurt yourself. Left to your own devices, even though you're an adult, if you hear Joe Rogan and there's not warning labels and banners, you might hurt yourself. Therefore, they have to step in and do something. No, we have not. Okay, I have not so, personally. 
So we reached out to Spotify. We reached out to Joe Rogan. We've not heard anything, but I want to read to you what uh, Spotify said, uh, the statement they released back in April after Joe Rogan said that he would advise a 21-year-old against getting vaccinated. This is what Spotify said. Spotify prohibits content on the platform which promotes dangerous, false, deceptive, or misleading content about COVID-19 that may cause offline harm and or pose a direct threat to public health. When content that violates this standard is identified, it is removed from the platform. Is that not good enough, or what do you think about that? Why don't they shoot him? It's just not being enforced, right? I mean, if we talk about the word prohibit, that would mean it would not be allowed to air. I know that YouTube... And this is what people like her want. They don't want information that contradicts with what they believe to be allowed to air. They are advocates for censorship, for tyranny and censorship. This is what it is. Take it down. Don't allow other ideas to percolate into the population. Removed the video version of the podcast, but that podcast is still available on Spotify. And that is a problem because it is clearly a policy that exists, but is not being enforced. And we're asking for more. We're asking for actual ownership and enforcement of policies that do cause public health harm and that do spread misinformation. All right, Jessica. This is the modern day uh, left. They love enforcement, right? They love censorship. They love mandates. They love control. This is who they are. This is the left today. These are not liberals. These are leftists. These are tyrannists. These are very, very dangerous, dangerous people. Have a great rest of your day today. Big win for freedom in the Supreme Court. Big win for freedom as Biden's vaccine mandate of private employers shot down. Huge loss for Biden. I'm sure he's going to yell about it some more. Ah, is this thing on? Ah, is this thing on? Why don't you ask me easy questions like vanilla pudding or chocolate? Obviously, it's vanilla, you idiot. What do I eat chocolate for? Huh? What am I, a monster?